Thank you for listening to this week's message from New Day Community Church in Vandalia. We hope this message encourages and blesses you. Look us up and contact us at newdaycommunity.org. So we are continuing on the uh, series to uh, the three journeys, which is the inward journey of, of getting our sanctification, our stuff sorted out uh, with the Lord personally. The upward journey is what we're in right now is getting to know God better, uh, really, and, and growing in an understanding of who uh, this God that we worship, the God that we serve, uh, is. And it's really based on this verse in, in 2 Corinthians. It says, so all of us who have had the veil removed, and the veil he's talking about, if you read the context, the verses earlier, is, is Paul's writing about the Jewish people who, even though they had Scripture, you know, they had the same uh, Bible as the Old Testament um, uh, that we have today. <clears throat> and they uh, studied it diligently, but it was they couldn't see the meaning, the real meaning of it. Because uh, Paul describes it, it was as though there was a veil covering their eyes from seeing the, the, the real meaning. Um, but when we come to Christ, that veil is removed. And so all of us who have had that veil removed, we can read the Word, we can encounter God, and we can see and reflect. And that's the point. We see and reflect the glory of the Lord, and the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. And so that's how this connects with our spiritual growth. When we see the Lord better, God then makes us more and more like Him. Aren't you glad that's God's responsibility and not your responsibility? All right. What's our responsibility in this whole equation? To behold! People in the front row cannot answer the question. <laughs> yeah, we're just supposed to look. How hard is that? Okay, we're just supposed to look at the Father, look at God. And so that's what we're doing. We're taking the time to take a look, take a closer look at some of the attributes of God. And as we see Him, we can reflect Him better. Today we're talking about God's perfect justice. We've gone through different attributes over the, this month and last month. Um, and this uh, week, we're going to talk about the justice of God. And uh, there's so many different verses. The bi biggest difficulty I had was picking one. And I like this one. It gets right to the point. It says, For I proclaim the name of the Lord, ascribe greatness to our God. He is the rock. His work is perfect. For all His ways are justice. All of His ways are justice a God of truth, and without injustice. In other words, there's no injustice anywhere in, in God. And righteous and upright is He. And this is actually the song of Moses. A lot of people you know, know Moses, but did you know that he was, he was a singer? He was actually a rock star. <laughs> the rock of ages, right? God hit him in the, in the cleft of the rock, right? And he's saying about God as he is the rock. I thought it was funny. <laughs> Moses was a rock star. In fact, his song was sung thousands of years ago by the Jews, and it's still being sung in heaven. Because in Revelation chapter 15, it says they were, the, the, the chorus of heaven is singing the song of Moses. That's on the top of the charts for a long time, isn't it? Come on. We're gonna, he's going to have this long hair. 
<laughs> Who knows what Moses is like? We don't know. But they're singing his song. What, and the importance of this is that, is that this song um, portrays, I mean, this is a person who, who saw the glory of God to the degree that he glowed when he came down from the mountain. You can read, the, read about it in the Bible. He was shining to the point where it scared everybody. And you know what they did? They put a veil over him. They put a bag over his head. <laughs> That's just scary, dude. <laughs> Until it kind of faded out. Uh, but thankfully, God gives us a glory that doesn't fade. <clears throat> but this is a song of Moses, and it, and it, and it communicates who God is. And, and the thing it points out here is that he, all of his ways are justice. He's the God of truth, and there's no injustice in him. And he is righteous and upright. <clears throat> Everything he does, all of his ways are justice. So that means everything God does is just. Okay, and we'll talk about what justice means, but we need to understand it's, it. Everything that he does is completely just. Um, because, and the reason everything he does is just, is because he is completely without injustice. And another way to say that is that he is completely righteous. So because he is righteous, Completely, there's nothing unrighteous in him. Everything he does is just, and it's impossible for God to act with injustice because that would make him unrighteous. <clears throat> and so he acts justly because he is just. And God can never, ever, God cannot be inconsistent with his character. It's impossible. Right? There's a, there's, there are some things that are impossible for God. Right? It's impossible for God to not be God. It's impossible for God to act contrary to who He is. All right? Because He is God. All right? And He's pure and He doesn't change. <clears throat> and so, uh, so if God is just and always acts justly, we want to ask the question, well, what is justice? Uh, in both the New Testament and the Old Testament language, the Hebrew as well as the Greek, the word for just is identical for the word righteous or righteousness. In fact, the translators kind of have to pick and choose how, uh, which English word they're going to use based on how it flows with the rest of the passage. But the word is the exact same word. For us, we think justice is something different than righteousness. We often think that righteousness has to do with personal um, uh, sin issues, has to do with our, our religious life, our, our uh, thing, and that justice has something to do with like, the rights of others or, or political or, or, or uh, legal kind of thing. <clears throat> and that's how justice, the word justice, is now most commonly used is in the exercises out of, I think it's some dictionary, the exercise of authority in vindication of right by assigning reward or punishment. Okay, So the way we use the term justice now is, is how authority is used by either um, uh, rewarding good behavior or punishing bad behavior. And so we think of injustice as someone being treated improperly properly by an authority. But, but the biblical idea of justice, and really the word even in English, means righteous, means pure, it means uh, without, uh, I'll get to the next point, I'm going to get ahead of myself. <laughs> the dictionary says the quality of being just, and even in the dictionary, the word righteous is used, 
or equitable, equitable, um, morally right. So justice is morally right. And so the reason we use it when we talk about the mistreatment of, uh, of uh, uh, people uh, uh, being treated unjustly is because that's not morally right. And that's not righteous. Okay, uh, But the word applies to a broader range. And, and we're talking about this is one of the defining characteristics of the God we worship. This is one of the things that we want to see really clearly so that we can reflect really well, so that we can be representatives, we can represent God in our community. <clears throat> so justice means equitable. It's kind of a big word, we'll use it a lot, but equitable simply means treating everyone equal. Okay? Equal. Inequity and iniquity not only sound the same, but have the same meaning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I never thought about it this way. And it was actually A.W. Tozer's uh, uh, that uh, brought this to my attention as, as I was preparing this uh, a while back. Um, even though I'd read his book many times. <laughs> Focusing in on this. Inequity and iniquity really has the same meaning because justice means, in the dictionary itself, means equitable, treating people equal. Um, and iniquity is when we violate inequity, when we violate, violate, treat someone without equity, without, without being equal. We, uh, iniquity from the Latin means unequalness. The week we get the word iniquity from the Latin language, and it means literally unequalness or injustice. Same thing. Right? Or from another uh, uh, Latin word, unjust, uh, being translated unjust or unequal. And so this idea of justice is directly linked to being equal. All right? And iniquity is, is the same thing. All right? Um, Let's go on a little bit. It says this in numerous places in Scripture in different ways, but it's one of the, again, the defining characteristics of God. And in Romans it says it this way, God does not show favoritism. All right? Or in the King James, God is no respecter of persons. That means He doesn't treat one person with one set of conditions and another person with another set of conditions because of their ethnicity, because of their uh, height or uh, language, or for any reason whatsoever. Right? He does not show favoritism. <clears throat> if we accuse God, and this is where I want to bring it down, apply it personally a little bit, if we accuse God of treating us unfairly, uh, we are saying that God has iniquity. God, that's not fair. That's the same word, it's the same meaning as saying, God, you're sinning. Ah! If in our anger, we make an accusation blaming God, we're challenging His justice. Okay? The truth is, it's very important. 
How many have ever been in a place where you feel like, God, this is not fair? All right? It's okay to raise your hand. Uh, uh, God is fair, but life is not fair. All right? People are not fair. And the Bible tells us this fact very clearly. Right from the beginning, the whole story of the Bible is actually about reconciling the injustice we find in the world and the injustice we find from other people and frankly, the injustice and the iniquity that we find <laughs> most close of all, which is right in there, in our own lives, the, the story of the Bible is, how do, we, how do we reconcile this? How can there be so much iniquity and inequity? How can there be so much injustice and mistreatment of people when God is supposed to be just? All right? So walking out our Christian walk is a journey of applying the reconciliation of this idea. It's more than an idea, folks. It's a powerful truth. How can we get the justice of God flowing and working in my life, in my family, in my community, in my generation? All right? And this is a big deal because there is a lot of injustice in this world. Right? The world is filled with injustice. And uh, uh, thankfully, in some ways, we live in a place where uh, we don't see a lot of it unless you watch TV. Maybe you see some of it. But some people are caught in, I mean, uh, you know, children being massacred uh, in war. Uh, my friends in Ukraine, they showed me a video. I think I mentioned this a while ago. It's not even on the TV of the war that the Russians are, are fighting in Ukraine. We think that happened a couple of years ago. It's still happening. They showed me videos of tanks and rocket launchers and, and, and places like Syria and so many different places where... Uh, there's such injustice, and there's injustice right here too. All right, uh, we encounter it every day. <clears throat> this is a verse in the Old Testament where the people of God were crying out, blaming God. All right, it says, "Yet the house of Israel says, the way of the Lord is not fair." All right, this is the prophet quoting the people of God. All right, so uh, making this statement. The house of Israel, the people of God, Jews, right, at this point, uh, says, the way of the Lord is not fair. O house of Israel, is it not my ways? This is God talking to the prophet, to his people. Is it not my ways which are fair and your ways which are not fair? Therefore, I will judge you, O house of Israel, everyone according to his ways, says the Lord God. Repent and turn from your transgressions so that your iniquity will not be your ruin. Uh, see the connection there? That, hey, listen, if you're living unfairly, if you're treating people unfairly, that's iniquity, that's transgression. And God's saying, listen, I'm fair. You're the ones that are not fair. I don't have iniquity. You have iniquity. But he doesn't just leave it as a curse. He says, there's a way out of it. Don't let that be your ruin. Repent, change the way you think, change the way you act, turn from that so that it won't be your ruin. Cast away from you all of your transgressions which you have committed and get yourself 
a new heart and a new spirit. Oh, wow, a new heart. That's New Testament theology, right? That comes through faith in Jesus Christ. This is an Old Testament promise of a New Testament fulfillment that when we come to Christ, we are given a new heart and a new spirit. Why? So that we can live justly. So that we, we can treat people with equity. <clears throat> All right? For why should you die, O house of Israel? I have no pleasure in the death of one who dies, says the Lord. Therefore, turn and live. God's desire is that everyone lives and is set free from the iniquity and the inequity of life. <clears throat> okay, so how can a just God allow this injustice to, to, to go on? Right? Well, it's not His injustice, but our own that we suffer. Or, you might say, well, it's not my fault. I didn't cause that. And you're probably right. It's not your fault. But it's the fault of the world around you. Or it's the fault of people that have treated you uh, improperly or have set up systems uh, that treat people wrong. Okay? And take advantage. I mean, we live in a world that's layered with systems upon systems. And, 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 and then there's gener generational inequality. It's amazing <clears throat> that when you look through history, there's areas where there's been warfare for hundreds, some places thousands of years. And the people die every 50 to 100 years. So everybody that's upset with this other people group, they all died 10 times over, and they're still fighting. Why is that? Because there's a generational inequality or iniquity that's being passed from generation to generation. And then you have demonic influences. So in your personal life, you may be experiencing something that's not fair. And it might be your fault. It might be some, you might have some responsibility in it. But sometimes you have to bear the injustice that is coming to you or to your area because of what was done by others or what is being done by others. All right? In, injustice does not disprove a just God. All right? So just because there's injustice in the world doesn't mean there's not a just God. Because actually, the just God has revealed Himself to come and solve the injustice that's in the world. Okay? In fact, the fact that we can look at something and say, that's not right. That's not how people should be treated. Where does that come from? That means that there's a standard that you're appealing to that's higher than what we see in the world. All right? And that standard is God, all right? the just one. And we as His representatives are, are supposed to see and reflect that justice and stand up for people who are being treated with injustice, who are not being given equal treatment, fair treatment. So when it's us, it's okay to cry out. It's okay if you feel like you're suffering unjustly. You know, a third of the psalms are psalms of lament. Okay? One third, one in three of the worship songs of the Old Testament were, Why, God? Are you letting this happen to me? How long? Right? How long will you let this go on? I mean, there, we kind of chuckle, but you read them, and... 
they're dealing with stuff. And it it feels like they're being treated unfairly, or it feels like God's not defending them, and it's okay to feel that way. And the the reason those, those, those scriptures are in the Bible is to teach us, when you feel that way, cry out to God. Let Him know how you feel. There's no feeling that you have that you, you need to hide from God. Because He already knows you feel it. And He's waiting for you to, to come to Him and share it with Him. right? Because He wants that injustice or that iniquity or to drive you into His presence. Because when you get into His presence and you see who He really is, that's the only place where you can be changed. And when you're changed, then you can be the agent of change in your family or in your community or to others. That's the way it works, all right? We, we receive the power to bring about um, a real change. <clears throat> and so cry out for that deliverer. And a, a big uh, idea here that we need to understand about God and justice is that God is not Superman. How many like Superman, right? One person who, who likes Superman. I've never met him. <laughs> right, we were all familiar with the Superman story. And Superman, you know, uh, Superman, this is how Superman works, right? He leaves everybody alone. He's just a newspaper reporter, right? He's, yeah, he's incognito. And uh, he doesn't bother anybody. But boy, when there's, a, when there's a crisis, you know, he changes. And he swoops in just at the moment. Uh, when someone's about to die and grabs him and rescues him and swoops away and he's the hero. Right? But you know what? If God treated mankind like that, he wouldn't be a hero. He'd actually be a villain. Right? Because that doesn't lead to long-term solution. Yeah. It would lead to a race of spoiled brats who never took responsibility for their actions and never affected real change so that... Uh, the crises didn't happen to begin with. Are you hearing me? Yeah. All right. But God, uh, people want a God to swoop in and rescue them right before they fall off the cliff, even though they're the ones that keep walking to the edge of the cliff and seeing how close they can get, and, and leaning over and going, boy, you know, and doing things that are dangerous and destructive, or getting in circumstances that are unhealthy, unproductive, and they want God to swoop in. But that's not that's not really helpful. Okay, the thing is, God is just and he promises in his word that he will sort out all injustice. Somehow. I don't understand how this is going to work. But I believe that the penalty. uh, and, and And the recompense. For all injustice, every time someone is treated improperly, whether it be you know, someone being taken advantage of in a business deal, or someone being raped, or someone being kidnapped, or someone being murdered, or even the injustice of a child getting sick. You know, the baby that uh, Jeremy, right? The baby. Was that just? The beginning of life. Robbed of life. That's not just. How is God going to reconcile all, all of the injustice of the world? I don't know how it's all going to work out. I know that Jesus' death on the cross took the penalty of sin 
But I believe that in some way God's going to reconcile the injustice of the world uh, with His justice. And that's a process. We want an instantaneous solution. But God does it His way and in His time. And we may not understand it, but listen, again, you can't... Don't worship a God you understand. Because if you understand God, your God is way too little. If your God fits in your brain... It's an idol. If God doesn't, if God, if you don't get to the place where you go, okay, God, I just can't understand that. But you can believe it. I believe God is just, and He will respond to all injustice in His time. Uh, but I don't know how. <clears throat> Most people demand justice from others, but they demand mercy for themselves. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Right, we demand justice for others. When somebody else mistreats you, boy, you want them to pay. But when you do the wrong, it's like, oh, I mean, nobody's perfect. <laughs> All right? But for God, those justice and mercy are not separate commodities. Okay? They're not separate issues. Uh, uh, Tozer says it this way, God's, God is love, and the whole of God is love. God is just, and the whole of God is just. Everything God is, He is completely, all of the time. Okay, we aren't. We're this way one minute, and then another way another minute, and usually we don't even know why. Okay, and we kind of bounce around like a, a ball on a pinball machine, you know, being influenced and hit, slapped around, thinking uh, <laughs> <dinging> things. <laughs> but God is always constant. And he's always loving, he's always merciful, and he's always just. Uh, unlike a judge, so, so in the context of justice and applying justice in our world, we think of a judge sitting in a courtroom. And a judge may need to execute a law uh, that he might even disagree, or he might see uh, someone in the, uh, being tried, and he might have compassion on this person. But <clears throat> because uh, he is a servant of the law, and the law is outside of him. In other words, that judge has to abide by the, the law of the land. Uh, he's a servant of the law. And so he has to abide by that. And, and even though he feels for this person, he can't violate the law. But God is a servant of no one. Right? So there isn't this just, justice is not something outside of God that God answers to. All right? Justice demanded that God satisfy the penalty of sin. No, that's not how it works. Because nothing demands anything of God. Justice is not some written code that's outside of God by which we evaluate God. Okay? God is justice. It's the righteousness of God. He is the standard by which all things are evaluated. All right? And he's good. <laughs> All right. So it's it's very it's very important. Sometimes we, we even preachers we kind of miss this, and we think that there's God has to answer to a justice. No, 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 no. Justice is the expression of the nature of God. Everything that we see or think or feel as as being fair or right or pure, uh, just 
is just a reflection of who he is. And so he, he can't ever be anything other than just. The attributes of God do not clash with one another. They complement and they enhance one another. All right? So God's mercy doesn't compete with his justice. And justice, listen, justice without mercy is not just. Right? So it's not like justice or mercy, or mercy or justice. It, they work together. God can act in mercy. This is all answering the question, how can a just God allow injustice? How, can, how does this all work out? God can act in mercy and pardon sin and still maintain justice because justice without mercy is not just. All right? At the same time, God can condemn someone who's living wickedly and be consistent both with his justice, but that doesn't nullify his love. All right? Because love without justice is not loving. Now, <laughs> to never punish iniquity, to never punish sin, is not either just or loving. Right? And God has the wisdom to figure this out, but I sure don't. You know, you know, you, know, you have to deal with this, raising kids, dealing with uh, friends. You know, when do you lay down the law? When do you cut some slack? And, and, and we, we deal with it on, on infinitesimal issues. God deals it with every issue in, in every person's life. Big issues, little issues. And he has the wisdom to balance justice and mercy so that everything, this is a promise of Scripture, all things will work together for good for those who love him. In other words, if you're with him, if you love justice, if you love him, no matter what's going on, it's going to work together. Work together. What does that mean? It means in the end, you're going to look back and say, oh, wow, God, you actually used that horrible experience to bring about something good. We rarely have that wisdom. right? And faith is trusting God through the process. Okay, Faith is not demanding that we understand uh, and not demanding that we have the answer now but when we're experiencing injustice or we're called to treat someone with mercy when we would rather treat them with justice all right uh-huh we go okay god's gonna work this out um, <clears throat> all right let's go keep on god is just in that he treats us equal to himself this is this is the real ringer here <clears throat> that is so just that he doesn't even favor himself it's one thing to say i have no favorites but it's another thing to say you know what i'm actually going to treat you equal to the way i treat myself okay and god god lives by this standard all right and the best example of this we see in the person of jesus christ God doesn't show himself favoritism. Jesus was the only, Jesus is God in the flesh, right? But God came down, took upon himself human form, and he lived innocent. He lived without any sin, but he suffered complete injustice. Because he was, he was tried unjustly. He was accused of, of wrongdoing, which he did no wrong. He was, uh, he was, uh, 
uh, crucified and killed unjustly. Right? On the day of judgment, no one will be able to accuse God of not being fair. Because in Christ, He suffered the punishment of all injustice. You know, we watch the movies and He's beaten, and uh, you know, uh, we see the crucifixion and the blood, and we go, oh, isn't that gory? And I'm like, you know what? A lot of people die gory deaths. Okay? And that does evoke an emotion. But listen, there's another level. If we could see it with the spiritual eyes of God and saw the weight of the guilt of every sin that was put upon Jesus during that time, the blood and the beating would seem like nothing. Because He bore the penalty of all the sin of all mankind, and He didn't deserve it. Okay? So it's one thing, <clears throat> it's one thing to, to say, I'm going to treat you, if, he's, if God's up in heaven, I'm going to treat you all fairly. Okay? But it's a whole other thing. When we all have, have not acted fairly and deserve punishment, but God then says, you know what? I'm going to come down. I'm not only going to come down on your level, I'm going to come underneath of you, and I'm going to take all of your sin. So God isn't acting fair there. God is acting sacrificially. He is taking what He didn't deserve for your benefit. All right? That goes way beyond justice. All right? That's complete mercy. And so no one will ever be able to look at God and say, you weren't fair. He's like, no, I wasn't fair. I was merciful. I was sacrificial. And you refused my mercy. Don't refuse the mercy of God. How can a, God, a just God allow injustice? Listen, He personally suffered through it, and I believe that He personally suffers through it, waiting for the time when His judgment will end all iniquity. Okay, what I'm saying here is that when I, I believe this with my whole heart. <laughs> I believe that every person who's enduring any form of suffering or any form of injustice, God is a very present help in that time of need. Okay, He's right there. He feels it. People in the jail that are there unjustly. All right? Convicted. I, I know of a, a person who's, who's life sentence, and there's no way he committed that crime. And it's horrible. Uh, and, 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 and other situations, God suffers those that pain. Children starving in, in other places in the world to death. How can God allow that? Because He feels this suffering more than even that child does. I believe that with all my heart. Right? And He will bring about justice. But in His time, not in Superman's time, because the way he does it, it will really bring about uh, eternal change. Our perspective is immediate. His perspective is eternal. <clears throat> okay, so wrapping this up, how should this shape our spiritual growth? Understanding that God's justice and mercy work flawlessly together to produce ultimate goodness. You know, that should give us hope when we, we're going through times of this doesn't make any sense. You know, you know what? I trust that God is just. I don't see justice, and I know God's able to take care of that. All right? And that gives me patience. I'm going to wait. I'm going to have the ability to wait, and I'm going to have faith. 
And then we, as we see his justice, as we, as we, as we see him live sacrificially, as we see him uh, uh, lowering himself below us to lift us up, then we can reflect that attribute and we can begin to treat everyone with the same God-shaped balance of justice and mercy. That's our goal. Every single person, whether you like them or not. Right? Aren't you glad God treats people he doesn't like? While we were sinners, he loved us. When we were enemies of the cross, he died for us. Right? So now we have to live like him so that we can reflect. Uh, it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance, right? And so it's when we're, we treat other people with that same goodness, it's going to lead them to the place of realizing they need to change. We can't show favoritism, but rather pour out favor, just like God. He lets the sun shine and the rain come down on both the good and the evil, right? He's consistent in that. And Jesus, of course, displayed this attribute most purely by suffering the, the, the injustice of the cross. And Jesus prevailed. The grave, he went to the grave, he was killed and buried, but it couldn't hold him. Right? So when we're with him, the injustice that we suffer, likewise, will not hold us down. And in the end, we will rule and reign with him. All right? <clears throat> Micah 6 8 is a famous verse. What does the Lord require of you but to do justly? It means to live righteously, to treat people with equity. Every person, look at other people. I, I encounter this. I listen, this is how it shows up, folks. It's in how we talk about other people when they're not around. And we say, we say things that you wouldn't say to their face. That's iniquity because it's inequity. All right? God doesn't do that. He'll tell you to your face. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> do justly. Make your acts just. Love mercy. That's the motivation. We love mercy. Find ways to marry the two, justice and mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. I'm going to show a video. This video is a, a, a Christian uh, author and scholar. Um, he does mention politics in here, but don't be distracted by that because it's not talking about politics. He just uses that as an example. He's talking about personally walking this out. Right? And so it's, it's a three-minute video. I think it's pretty good. I like the, I like the terminology he uses. So uh, I think you're going to have to turn out the volume on the TVs, right? That's how we do it. Yeah, there we go. It's good. God's kingdom versus the kingdom of this world. The love of power versus the power of love. And, uh, you know, uh, it's true. We live in the most powerful nation ever. And you may say, well, I'm not very powerful, but I'd like you to just consider for a minute what power you do have. You know, maybe it's the power of a strong family. That's a rare thing in this, in this world. We have something so rich, we don't know that the other people, why do they act that way? Maybe because they've never even seen their father. No, why do they? Why do they live in such a hovel? You know, and, and this evil. And, uh, 
Maybe because they've never lived in a place that was clean. Well, uh, there's a story of a little boy. His, his mom was a, a addict, and uh, dinner, if they had food, was a dead animal that she found on the road, and they just throw it on the table. You want to eat it? I know this kid. He's an adult now. He's made some stupid choices. But my goodness, who am I to say anything? That was what he grew up with. That's, that, that was life for the first uh, six, seven years of his life. Uh, maybe it's the power of a job when so many people don't. And yeah, there's people that aren't working because they're, they're too lazy to work. Or they, they have yeah, we get that. Right? It's power of influence. So what power do you have? You have incredible power because if you believe in Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit's in you. And we can use that power to influence others and realize that God's called us to reflect His justice, to stand up for those who are being mistreated, but also stand up to those who are mistreating others. And maybe that's the abuse of systems or, or, or people that aren't working because they're, they're trying to work the system. Sometimes you have to stand up for that. That's okay. But often it's standing up for people that have no one else to stand up for. And sometimes it's you. You need to stand up for yourself. Can we just pray? <clears throat> Father, we want to love. We want the power of love to work in us and through us. And we want to get better at that. And Father, we don't want to love power for power's sake. We want to reflect your justice. And I pray that as we behold you, we would become more like you so that the world can see you and come to the place where they can have that same hope and patience and faith that we have that all things, even the bad things in life, will work together for our good because we trust you and we love you. In Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen.